0: Are in the middle, right? Getting towards the end of our freedom and flow series that we have been in. I pray that your heart has been encouraged. This is, I think, week number five. So if you're just jumping in today, you can go back to our YouTube or Spotify and you can listen and and jump on this journey. And we'll trust that God's going to push you forward in your faith. But if you would not mind, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark. Chapter 12, Mark chapter 12. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll put the words on the screen so you can follow along with us. I encourage you to bring your Bible, and if you're at home online or you're sitting with a bunch of other people at a neighborhood gathering, grab your Bibles together and uh, grab a piece of paper or pen or your phone and you begin reading in Mark chapter 12, verse number 41. And it reads, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Verse 43, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury then all the others, they all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. The title of today's message is don't sit there. Don't sit there. Uh, some, not all, some, not all get weirded out by the idea of, of money in church. And you've got Jesus here snooping (laughs) as people are putting their money uh, in the church. And and I, I get why this has been very, very weird for a lot of us because we have seen some crazy, jacked up, egregious, terrible things happen with church and money. And not even just church and money, but just people in power and money. We have seen companies go under. We have seen governments go under. But, but it's especially disgusting when, when Jesus people, when God's people, when church people, when church leaders especially uh, utilize money and leverage it for something inappropriate or even immoral. It just does not smell right or sit right with any of us. As we're looking at this passage of scripture, uh, although you would think Jesus would say something to this widow like, stop. What are you doing? Don't put your money in the church because that's what your family says. (laughs) That's what my family can say. That's what society would tell us. But Jesus doesn't dislike money. Matter of fact, let me for a second, let me break down some of the mystery here uh, around uh, uh, around this thing. Uh, For those of you who have a car, I know some of you all like believe in God for a car, but you don't have your car yet. But uh, one day you're going to get a car and you're going to go put gas in that car. Right? unless it's a Tesla. And, and you're going you're gonna to put gas uh, in that car and you pro- probably use you know a debit card uh, unless you're real broke and you walk up and you say, hey, just $3.48. Uh, you walk up to the counter. You ever been there? You ain't lived until you live by faith with gas. You're like, okay. Jesus, just get me there. Just get me there. Just get me there. <laughs> some of y'all have been blessed your whole life. You have not yet had the blessing of living in that space. Yeah, I'll take $2 on pump four. <laughs> so, but when you go to put gas in your car, it will cost you something. You will pay with money. When you go buy some clothes. Uh, you go to the store or you're shopping online, you'll put in your debit card, but then eventually that debit card is connected to a checking account. Hopefully, your checking account, maybe not your parents' checking account, but if it's connected to your parents' checking account and you're over 30, <laughs> you're like, oh, gosh, I'm 29, praise the Lord. <laughs> There's going to be something that's going to come out of that account. And it's what? What's going to come out of that account? Money. Money's going to come out of the account. When you take a young lady out to eat, fellas, you think she's beautiful. You saw her here at church. She had no ring on her finger. You walked up to her. You're like, hey, I love Jesus. You love Jesus. You want to do this thing? You know, don't do it like that. Uh, (laughs) That's not the right way to go about it. You actually want to go in on your knees worshiping. That won't weird her out at all. (laughs) And you're like, hey, you wanna go out to eat? She's like, yes, I wanna go out to eat. When you go out to eat and since you asked her out, you're going to pay uh, for that meal and you're going to pay with, money you are gonna pay you can pay with money uh, when Onique and I uh, we've been married these uh, these 24 uh, years now and before we got married you know you have to have the engagement ring right you got you got to get the engagement ring and uh, at least you did when we were growing, growing up you know maybe you, maybe the kids are doing something different nowadays but we uh, we we needed to get an engagement ring and by we I mean me I needed to get an engagement ring uh, but I couldn't work during the school year dur- during college I was uh, playing basketball and at at that time you couldn't like work and uh, be an athlete so I had to wait to the summertime to, to work and I worked at a country club in the morning and then I worked for a cleaning company at night and I mean I wake up 6 o'clock in the morning get to work I don't know 7 8 o'clock work all day at the country club then uh, after that go home for just a little bit and then go to the cleaning company work to like 1 2 o'clock in the morning and I did this every single day almost I mean throughout the entire summer and I'm just saving money saving money saving money so i can get this ring for onika and then we get i get i get enough money and we're back in tulsa and i'm at moody's jewelers in tulsa i remember sitting there at moody's jewelers and you know you got the cut the clarity the color the carrot you got all this stuff and i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my goodness well this is the amount of money i got what you got for me i got 48 and 38 what can you give me and eventually the guy was like, no, you know, he, he, here's the ring for you. And the ring that I like, I actually didn't have enough money for the ring, but I had my uncle there with me. Not like a, a blood uncle. He was like somebody I called my uncle. He was a white guy with red hair, uh, but Uncle Keith. And Uncle Keith goes, hey, because he came with me because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like 20 years old, you know, at this time I'm trying to figure everything out. So he came to be like a, like, a, like an example and to kind of have my back. And I'm sitting there with him. He goes, hey, I see the gap. I see how hard you work. So I, I'll fill that gap for you and then he he put in some money and I got that ring and then I remember going to the restaurant with Onika went to the polo grill in Tulsa and I remember getting down on my knee and I was hoping she was gonna cry girl didn't even cry Uh, (laughs) But I bought her flowers, you know, with money and paid for the meal with money, but I paid for that ring with money. And she said, I do. And then we got married and it's been great. And then I know a year and a half into our wedding. I'm not lying. She lost that ring. It still gets me to this day, even saying it still. I keep feeling like, oh, okay, no, she lost the ring. Oh, it's fine, we married all these years, we got kids. But it's like, no, man. It ain't right, Onika, it ain't right. I think she threw it away because it was really small. That's what I think. I, I, I've, I've, I've accused her of that for years now. She's not here to defend herself. <laughs> that's why I can say all this crazy stuff. No, she was trying to get rid of some ash and took her ring off and <laughs> lotioned up her fingers and must have fallen out of her lap. So that, that's what happened. And, I mean, I was just so upset for years and years and years and years and years. But I paid for that ring with money, a wedding venue. You pay for it with money. If you're going to go to grad school, you pay for it with With money. I I mean, you're gonna get your hair done. You pay for it with money. It's not like this crazy out there subject, it's a part of all of our lives. So we must not allow humanity's abuse of money to destroy God's use of money. And too many of us have taken the abuses of humanity and the world. And we're like, I'm just going to throw all of that away. And you don't need to do that because God wants to do something with money. He even did something with this widow's money here in Scripture. Now, I know some of you are like, well, money, isn't it bad? Isn't it evil? If it were evil, you don't again, you don't see Jesus saying, stop, don't give your money. It's evil. You don't see him doing that. And I'm gonna show you this scripture too because I know this scripture messes with with some of us sometimes because we think, oh, money's the root of all evil. But but the Bible actually says, uh, get some really, really great wisdom in 1 Timothy chapter six, verse number, I'm gonna go verse five in the middle of verse five. Who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. with many griefs. I wanna go back here to Mark chapter 12. And I wanna set up the context here. Verse 35, Jesus is in church, okay? He's in church and you can see this in verse 35 while Jesus was teaching in the temple courts. He's in church. And he starts teaching some things. You skip down with me to verse number uh, 38. And as he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect to the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely says here, I know what religious people are like. I know how snooty they can be. I know how uppity they can be. I know how in the, into themselves they can be. And they're doing all these lengthy prayers and they're making it all about them and they're devouring widows. I'm telling you, for people who are, le- who are religious leaders and they choose to mishandle and misappropriate widows, they choose to disrespect people like that, they choose to make it about themselves, I'm telling you, they will be punished most severely. This is Jesus, the hippie Jesus that we all think we're following. He comes at them Hard. Now, that is a great verse, and it's a verse we all can celebrate, because not one of us like hypocrites. There's no one that's like, hey, you know, there's this guy, man, I love him so much. He says one thing when he's with me, then he says something else when he's with other people. I love him. None of us like used car salesmen. Well, sorry, I'm going to say that. Used car salesmen, we love you, meaning the sliminess that can come from some used car salesmen, because there are great used car salesmen out there. You and I can can celebrate and clap for those verses. We cannot clap for verses 38 through 40 and ignore verses 41 through 44. It's all in the same context. So Jesus goes to church. He's teaching. And in verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money in. (laughs) He's teaching. (laughs) He moves and he goes and sits down by the offering. He starts watching what people are putting. This is crazy. Is this not crazy to y'all? I would think Jesus would never do this. Like I would think he's like just always praying for people. He's watching where people are putting in their money. (laughs) Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a little. Can you imagine if I was doing this? Can you imagine if it was like, some of us have been in churches though. It's like this. It's like, hey, you got something for the Lord? Bring it forward. Bring it forward. Like you got to put your business out in front of everybody. Do I got 1,000? Do I got 1,000? Do I got 2,000? Do I got 2,000? I got 3,000. I got 3,000. I got 4. Oh, man, I've been in some stuff. Been in some stuff. We don't do that here. (laughs) But Jesus. And he starts looking at the rich people. And he says, yeah, they put a lot in. But this widow who put a little bit in. She actually gave more than them. We learn here you can, you can give a lot. You can give a lot and still give a little. But you can give a little and actually give a lot. So there's something going on here beyond just the amount of money. What I have found is many of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, we trust God with our salvation. We trust him with our past. We trust him with our future. We're trusting him with our jobs or with our families. We're asking God to bless and to take care of so many different areas of our lives. But this area of money, we don't tend to trust God in all that much. And this, my friends, is messing, I believe, with our freedom and our flow. So in verse 43, Jesus is not only watching, he calls his disciples to him. Fellas, come here. Look at look at what everybody's giving. And Jesus says, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. A couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, after service, and I try to do this after most services, definitely uh, after uh, our third service at our White Rock campus, I like to walk around to say hi to people and meet uh, new people, meet family members that are in, and I need to jump in the chat to say hi to everybody on the chat too. Hi, everybody on the chat. Uh, But but love love saying hi uh, to people, and I got to, I was with, Uh, Thomas Donegan, who, and he and his wife, they lead our elementary uh, ministry here at Shoreline City, and they are awesome. If you got elementary kids, you want them to be around Thomas and Cassidy. They are so much fun. They love Jesus, and it's a party back there. I got kids back there, so I'm meeting Thomas's friend, uh, but Thomas has a bucket in his hand when he's talking to me, and um, and I'm like, okay, why does he have a bucket in his hand? I look in the bucket, because I'm nosy, and... And I see he has a bunch of $1 bills in there. I'm like, what, what is going on here? Thomas, what's this bucket? He goes, oh, this is the offering from elementary. I go, what? He goes, yeah, yeah. We're training the kids, uh, you know, on giving and how everything comes from God and want to put him first. I'm like, that's great. I did not even know we're teaching kids that. That's really good. <laughs> then I see in the, bo- in the bucket this little velvet bag. This little black velvet bag. I go, what's that? He goes, oh, he pulls it out. This little black velvet bag. uh, There's this one kid. He brings his offering and he puts it in a little black velvet bag uh, every every single week and he drops it in there. Show me that kid's parents. If you're in the room right now, I want to say you need a big hug. He, He he puts it in a little velvet bag. It's not a lot of money. But I wonder, cause we have people in our church that not only make 50,000 or make a hundred thousand and up more or less than, but I wonder if God looks at this little seven year old boy and says, Hey, you gave more than all of them. Why does this matter? Why would Jesus sit here and watch the offering? Why is this even in the Bible? It shouldn't be in the Bible. It should be like about salvation and loving people. Why would it even be in the Bible? Because Jesus says this. He says, your heart actually follows your money. Your heart follows your money. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Some of y'all aren't believing me. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said it, it's in red unless you got like a really cheap Bible. Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> and it's still the word of God though. Matthew chapter 6. Verse number 19 says, do not, this is Jesus speaking. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You would think he would say, where your heart is, your treasure will be there. He doesn't say it that way. He says, where your treasure is, your heart will go there. Uh, If you get a new car. And uh, like like new, new. Even if it's just just new to you. It can be like a 1948. But you're like, this this is my car. And, and you got a new car. And your friend tries to bring Kane's chicken in. <laughs> when you with the sauce, you know, because you gotta have the sauce at Kane's. And they try to bring it in. They're like, <laughs> you're like, oh no, no, you're not. You better go ahead and shut that down right. Put it back in the bag. Because you just, you just invested into an automobile. Your heart is in it. When you have a relationship with somebody, you're going on dates, you're spending time together, and you're investing money, your heart begins to be drawn towards that person because your heart will follow your money. This is why the gambling industry is so massive. Because what they know if they can get people to put money on a game... There's more interest in the game because your heart follows your money. What if you did this? Don't do this. But what if you were like, okay, uh, what's the over under on how many times Earl's going to say Jesus this weekend? Okay, we won't bet money. Let's bet. Let's bet. Let's bet lunch. Let's bet lunch. Okay. So who, what's the over under? You're like, okay, 37 times. And I'm like, I'm at like 32. And you're like, come on, man. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. I need you to say Jesus a couple more times. Come on, my man. Come on. That's one Jesus. You, oh, that's another one. Okay. Earl. Keep it going, Earl. Keep it going. Keep it going. You're, you're, you're bought in more because you're invested. What Jesus knows if he can get your heart pouring into kingdom things if he can get your money poured into kingdom things then he can get your heart connected to kingdom things and if your heart is connected to kingdom things then the kingdoms of this world will not be what's most important to you what will be most important to you will be the kingdom of God and the kingdom of our Lord in Jesus Christ that's what God is after He's not after your money. He's after your heart. Okay, I'm going to keep on going here. I'm going to keep on going. The eye, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, this is all right after he just, when he said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The eyes are the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. This seems weird, out of place when when he's saying all this. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What is he saying here? If you do some study, the word healthy, your eyes will be healthy. It implies generosity. And the word unhealthy, it actually implies stinginess. So Jesus says... If your eyes, which are the lamp, they're shining light. If the thing that is shining light, the way you are looking at everything is through generosity, there's light there. But if you're looking at it in a stingy way, darkness is there. Because generosity reveals. But... But stinginess, it conceals light. Uh, We just had yesterday the A21, uh, and depending on when you're watching this, because we got people that are watching this on demand, so it might not be yesterday uh, to you. uh, But we had the A21 Walk for Freedom. And A21 is a fantastic organization that, that we support uh, here at Shoreline City. And we got a bunch of other friends and churches and organizations around the world that support A21. And what A21 is all about is combating and trying to end human trafficking in our generation. That, that, that's, the, that, that's the fight. Because there are still people enslaved today all around the world. And some of it's labor and some of it's sex trafficking. But there's, there's, there's issues of trafficking going all over the world. So yesterday there was this big walk for freedom all over the world. Individuals are, are walking. And what we know is that as we continue to pour money into A21 and organizations like it, our generosity shines a light on an issue that needs to have light shined on it so that we can try to end this thing. But our stinginess, if we don't give, actually will keep the darkness in this particular area. So Jesus is saying here, your eyes, your generosity, it matters. Go with me to verse 24. This is all, this is all one, one context, one thought here. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve them both. I, I, I wrote it down like this Money is a great staff person, but a terrible supervisor. You ever had a really bad boss? You're like, yeah, right now. They go to this church, they invited me here. I came for the promotion, but they're a terrible boss. If you have had a bad boss in your life, I mean, I'm t- not Michael Scott bad, but like a bad, bad boss in your life. I mean, they just, they're always on you. They're just tearing you down. They're, you can't do anything right. They can't stand you. They're talking about your mama. They're talking about your mama's mama. I mean, they are just a terrible, terrible supervisor. If, if money is your boss, it's like that kind of supervisor. It's someone that will try to tear you down and suck the very life out of you. Money was never designed to be a supervisor. It was always designed to be a staff person. That you're the one in charge of it, telling it where to go and what to do. But once the tables turn, it's like those parents that allow their kids to tell them what's gonna happen, and we're, you're like, oh yeah, that's how I'm raising my kids. It's a new way. No, that's the dumb way. You." You do not allow your kids at three to tell you how the house needs to run. You tell your kids, not in a mean way, with a smile and with direction. Because a three-year-old does not know better than you. And if they do know better than you, then we got some marriage classes we need you to take. But individuals, when you reverse this, Jesus is saying you cannot serve both God and money because money will try to take over and rule your whole life. When money starts trying to tell you what to do, you're in trouble. When money is your boss and telling you what to do, you're in trouble because what you and I will start doing, will start cutting corners. We'll start manipulating people. We'll start keeping some information to the side. We'll start making it about us because money is a greedy, it's what's connected to it. Money in and of itself is amoral, but it begins to take on the nature of whoever has it. So money in the hands of a generous person is incredibly generous, but money in the hands of a stingy person cannot do what God wants it to do. I, I, I do want to celebrate all of our business leaders for just a second. Give it up for everybody who's a business leader. I may mean, so appreciate y'all. We have a Business Leaders Connect group, and it happens every Wednesday. It is awesome. Every Wednesday on Zoom, it's fantastic. You can go ahead and uh, jump on our, our Connect group uh, webpage, and you can find this Connect group. Just log into Zoom. It's like 20 minutes every Wednesday morning, pouring in wisdom and strength into all of our business leaders. Our goal, our dream is for every business leader to maximize the potential that God has put on the inside of them. We want you to do that but we are also training our business leaders do not put your hope in money yes you have to pay employees yes you have to pay bills yes you have a whole bunch of things to do but understand that God is the provider he's the one that gave you the idea he's the one that will keep on fulfilling every single purchase order he's the one that will make sure you get the right staff members keep him first do not put yourself first and do not put the bottom line first put God's kingdom first no matter the industry that you are in and God will bring breathe on that thing and open things up in ways you never even thought possible but I have seen person after person not understand this concept of money and it's rich people and poor people alike broke people and wealthy people alike and people get this right and wrong all the time it's not the amount in your bank that is the revealer of your heart it's your behavior that's the revealer of your heart Oh, I trust God. I trust God. Okay, I believe you do. Show me. Show me. So here's Jesus sitting there. And I think a lot of us like, no, don't sit there, Jesus. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You can sit in all these other areas in my life, but don't sit there. I, I did not really want to do this message. Because this can be awkward. You know, church money stuff. But when I was praying, and it was like I had faith and fear, and we're like walking through all of these things, finances dropped into my heart too. As something that was impeding the freedom and the flow that God has for us. Because too many of us have money as a God in our lives, and it's an idol. When you start rattling that cage people are like wait 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 why are you up in my business i'm not trying to be in your business i'm just you know i'm not looking at like we don't even have buckets you know we only have them in elementary i don't even know we're shaming kids right now it's like I mean, we got kids <laughs> kids are being guilted into giving one dollar bills no they're not no we're, we're training them right We don't even do buckets here in our adult room. Everything is like QR codes and online. So you can be like just faking it like. We don't know. You could be texting someone. You could be getting Uber Eats delivered to White Rock Campus. I don't know. But Jesus is sitting. So with all of this, I thought I got to get some practical wisdom. I got to get some practical wisdom wisdom that goes along with this because some of go go with me to proverbs go with me to proverbs i I have i've made some foolish decisions you know with with money even even with the best of intentions (laughs) like when we started this church y'all woo! i went all in we emptied out everything every bit of retirement every bit of saving. i mean we were like getting this church started all in. We pushed it all in. I'm like, God, this is for you. It's for the people. It's for your kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, the church was thriving. And and onegan are like, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, keep these lights on. Because we had taken all of our money and we were just throwing him into the church, throwing into the church. Into... Parker doesn't remember any of this. I so appreciate this. Uh, he's 16 now. He doesn't even remember any of these times. But uh, I'm, I'm so glad. But have you ever gone to Walmart to shop and you got $138.47 to get everything for two weeks? And I, saw, I got a Proverbs 31 woman right there. Onika's like, okay, okay. Package of this. Organic. Nope. Let's go ahead and get this over here. We don't know where this chicken is from, but it's going to work. Lord bless it. Walk right past Whole Foods. No, we ain't going to Whole Foods because that's only three items. We need two weeks worth. Listen. I know what it's like to have your lights will be turned off. I know what it's like To have the best of intentions and to still make foolish decisions. I would love to have blamed a lot of stuff on the devil. (laughs) But a lot of stuff was me not understanding how to manage money properly. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I'm almost done here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Verse number 5. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. In your mouth, in your mindset, in your sexuality, in your money, with your past, with your future, in your business. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I want you all to, uh, uh, I got three words for you. We got a connect group for the teenagers on, on Sunday nights. And we do this, it's on Zoom. We do this connect group with teenagers on Sunday nights. And we're trying to train them how to handle their money. I wish schools did a great, better job of training people how to handle their money because we, we don't get the tools that we need, and all of us have to handle money all the time. But there's a God way to handle money. Here's a God way tithe, save, spend. Tithe, save, spend. Tithe. Everybody say tithe. tithe. Everybody say save. save. Say spend. And we teach the kids this tithe, save, spend. A uh, Law Tuttle was over our house a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he had uh blisters on his thumbs. He goes, Dad, uh, he goes, Mr. Pastor Earl, Pastor Earl, uh, my dad, man, he had me mowing the lawn, and he was saying this like a bad thing. I'm like, Yeah, dad, let's go, Alan, let's do this. He's like, See, look at my blister, look at my blister. I was like, Great, he goes, But but I'm getting paid for it. I go, Great, what are you gonna do with your money? He said, tithe, save, spend. He's 12. Let me go to the save, spend first real quick. Let me go save, spend real, real quick. I'm going I'm to share a word with y'all that some of y'all, you've, you've never used this word. But you ought to use it. It's a good word. It's called margin. Margin. You know what margin is? It's the amount allowed or available beyond what is actually necessary. And what I find Is most of us do not live with any margin now if you're in a spot right now it's like bruh ain't no margin coming from nowhere I've been looking for margin I've been trying to find margin I understand those times I also understand because I've been here where I had to make some decisions and I decided to keep living my life as if I was in a different season than I was actually in. And I thought, well, I'll just keep holding on. And I found myself digging myself into a hole because I wasn't willing to sell a car, because I wasn't willing to take my kids out of a private school, because I wasn't willing to change my shopping habits, because I wasn't willing Come on, talk to me, y'all. Talk to me, talk to me. I'm saying margin will release from your brain a whole lot of stress that you and I have on ourselves right now. Do you have anybody in your life you can go to and say, hey, here's my budget. Here it is. That's not a bad word. Budget's not a bad word. Here it is. Here's all my expenses. Here's how much I bring in. I have more expenses than I have what I bring in. What do I need to cut? because I can't keep going out with my friends like this because I find myself spiraling and then I have to ask people for money or I can't do the things I actually want to do because I'm in the red. Tell your money where to go before your emotions do. Tell your money where to go before your emotions do. Because your emotions will be, I mean, you'll be giving here and giving there and doing this and doing that. But the Bible even says, do not give out of compulsion. You can pray and process through God. What do you ha- What do you want me to do? Okay, that's, that's save. That's spend. Invest would be in there too. Okay, invest is in there too. Let me tell you, let me go to this word Tithe. We got a lot of new people in our church, and I love this, okay? Some folks don't even, never even heard the word tithe. Call it tith. Don't even know what it is. I'm, I, like, I like people like that in our church. Just so you know, I'm like, turn to mark. You're like, who's Mark? <laughs> I like that. I like having people like that in our church. I like having people in our lobbies that cuss a little bit. They're like, oh, pastor, that was Dutch. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, bring it in here, man. appreciate you. Appreciate that. I like that. So let, let me just tell you what this is. Tithe means tenth. Means tenth. A tithe is not something, you, you can see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it is not something that you're like giving to God. It's really more accurate, like you, we are returning this to God. Because when you get $1,000, you need to understand that that $1,000 comes from God. So what the tithe does, the 10th, the first 10th is saying, God, this came from you, so I'm I'm returning this first 10% to remind my heart that it came from you in the first place. And as you and I do that, our hearts get invested into kingdom things. I'll say this, tithing is not generosity. Tithing is obedience. It's not generosity. It's obedience. It's actually the bottom rung. It's just a starting point. It's just a place to begin. And for my wife and I, people are like, oh, man, I love y'all's marriage. I love y'all's marriage. I appreciate y'all. And I appreciate you guys saying that. But, you know, we forgive each other. And we're, our marriage is not perfect at all. We pray together. Not every day. It's not like, you know, we get an argument. We're like, Lord, fill the room. And it's like, girl, you better. What you talking about? You know, so we have all those times like anybody else. But we also, how we handle our money impacts our marriage. People are like, well, I want a marriage like yours. I want a marriage like yours. Okay, we tithe. As a couple, we grab hands and we say, God, everything we have comes from you. So we just want to remind our hearts that you're our provider and nothing else is. And we put them first. With tithing, you would thank God and trust God in one act. You're thanking him and trusting him in one act. I, I, as a a church, I just wonder, Jesus is sitting here, he's like, Okay, time to give, all right, woo, let's do this. And if he was sitting next to you and sitting next to me, what excuses would we give him? Because a widow had every excuse in the world. She actually didn't have to. And I'll tell you this, you don't have to give, you cannot earn God's love, you cannot earn God's favor, and you can't earn God's blessing he has already blessed you and he already loves you unconditionally this my friends is about you and I surrendering our hearts and our lives to him and that's what we are doing we're not trying to twist his arm and get some blessing he's already blessed us I'm giving because I am blessed I'm giving because he has been good I'm giving because he has been faithful what would it look like if we were a church not of tippers but of tithers. A church that did not try to give God what was left over, but we gave to him before we gave to anybody else. What would that look like? So I just want you to wrestle with it. and Let Jesus sit there at your checking account and your debit debit card. Like, okay, would he celebrate how you and I are handling our money? Or would he be like, dang, I got more for you. I'm asking you to do me a favor online, in the room, bow your heads for just a moment if you would not mind. Father, I pray over every man and woman under the sound of my voice, and I pray that there would be no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Strip it all away. I don't want any person leaving here or logging off, thinking about themselves. I pray that we are thinking about you. So would you keep our eyes on you? Would you keep our hearts on you? And would you as a loving father draw us so close and change us and transform us from the inside out? We acknowledge that we have made money a God in our lives at times. And we thought it in it was our security when you are our provider and you are our security. So we give our hearts and our lives to you. Help us in this area. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads. Keep your head bowed for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus. You've never made him first. You never made him number one, but you're under the sound of my voice. You're saying, I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but bold. I literally just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. We got friends all over the room, friends online right now. You're saying, yes, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus on the balcony on the floor additional seating no matter where you are you're saying yes I want to give my heart and my life to Christ I want to ask everyone to do me a favor put your hand over your heart if you would not mind and I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me say dear Jesus I ask you to forgive me of all my sins I admit I've made mistakes and today I give you my heart I give you my life give me the power to live for you In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up, clap our hands with enthusiasm? Come on, church family.